For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In Canada, Max Verstappen did it again. He took a brilliant sixth win of the 2023 season. They're standing to applaud Max Verstappen, who's dominated again. It will be his fourth win in a row, but what a special moment for the driver it will be because he will tie Ayrton Senna's 41 Grand Prix victories. A special moment for any driver. For Red Bull, though, a journey that began in 2005. We'll see a crowning moment in 2023. Max Verstappen wins the Canadian Grand Prix to give Red Bull their 100th victory in Formula One. Alonso has come home in second place. Hamilton completes the podium in P3. Welcome everyone to F1 Nation after what was a thrilling race weekend here in Montreal. Max Verstappen won from pole position, but his pursuers were closer than ever as Aston Martin and Mercedes continued to improve their performances. We're going to debrief it all here on F1 Nation, where you join me, Tom Clarkson, with Natalie Pinkham and Fred Ferre from French sports daily, L'Equipe. The show comes to you from the Montreal paddock, where we're joined in no particular order by Helmut Marco, Fred Vasseur, Andrew Shovlin, Valtteri Bottas, Oscar Piastri, Yuki Tsunoda and Jean Alesi. Max, very well done. Another brilliant victory by you. You led every lap from pole position. Did the race play out as you expected? To be honest, I didn't really know what to expect because of the, the track in general. So it had nothing to do with competitors or whatever, but just for myself as well. But I think it was quite tough today to keep the tyres in the right window. Um, they were always running quite cold. Um, so we had to push actually quite hard on the tyre. And then with low grip, low rubber, it was not uh, the easiest and most straightforward. You know, so it's probably not been our best race today, but still to win by, by nine seconds, I think shows that we have a great car. Now, this win pulls you level with the late, great Ayrton Senna on 41 wins. Senna is a legend of our sport. What does this milestone mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I hate to compare different generations. Um, from my side, the only thing I can say is that when I was a little kid driving and go-karting, I was dreaming about being a Formula 1 driver and I would have never imagined to, to win 41 Grand Prix. So, of course, to, to tie with, with Ayrton is something incredible. And, of course, I'm, I'm proud of that. But, of course, I, I hope it's not stopping here. You know, I hope that we can uh, keep on winning more races. And Max, just give us a few thoughts on your contribution to Red Bull's 100 wins in Formula One. Yeah, I mean, I've won 41 of them, but... Uh, <laughs> Without no, you, they'd only be on yeah, 59. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, we'll talk about maybe a new contract because of that. <laughs> no, it's honestly, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's a, a great achievement for the team. You know, we knew that this was the first opportunity, of course, to do so. And I'm happy that that's done. We've won 100. But again, I hope we win more than 100. So the new target is 200. Very well done to you. Thank you, Max. Fernando, coming to you now. Given that you were nursing a problem today, how satisfying is it to cross the line just <clears throat> nine seconds behind Max? 
Very, very. I think uh, it has been a, a tough race uh, from the beginning. Uh, you know, when we lost uh, a place at the start, um, I thought that maybe, you know, that was already gone. Uh, P2 and have to concentrate in, in, the, in the guys behind George and, and the Ferraris maybe. Uh, but then, yeah, we were able to overtake Luis and, um, and we had a little bit of more pace on that part of the race. And... Uh, I was quite okay until yeah the last 20 or 25 laps that uh, Luis was uh, coming very fast and uh, I had to push again to the limit. So yeah, all in all, it was 70 laps of qualifying. So it was no time to rest and uh, I loved it. How did it feel inside the car just uh, the first five seconds? Slow, <laughs> very slow. But uh, in yeah. terms of your reaction time, do you feel you? My reaction is still very good. If you if you <laughs> think. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. I, I need to check. I don't know if the guys are starting on that side of the grid. They start good or not, because I only saw Max and, and Luis obviously. But I, George didn't overtake me, so maybe it was just the wrong side of the grid. So, yeah, I, I cannot answer now. Final one for me. You're only nine points behind Sergio Perez in the championship now. Do you think you can beat him? Yes. Fernando, thank you very much. Uh, Lewis, coming to you now. Uh, very well done. Your third podium of 2023, your second in a row. How much satisfaction did this afternoon give you? It's been an, a great weekend. Um, very difficult with the conditions, but um, yeah, loving being in the car with the car now in a better window and a bit more on the right track. And for us to be up there having battles with uh, Fernando and you know the, in the Aston, and being just on the second row, it's, it's been great. And to be on the podium two races in a row is really, really fantastic for us. We're also running fourth in, um, in Monaco. So um, we're definitely getting closer. And it's going to be a, a, a battle of um, development, I guess, over the rest of the, the season. Uh, I reckon Max's team are already working on next year's car. So we, we need to take our eye a little bit off the ball and focus on next year also. But um, yeah, happy to be up there. Tell us a little bit more about your battle with Fernando. Having followed the Aston up close for so many laps, where were the differences in your cars? Uh, low speed rear end. I mean, I got to experience being behind Max and his rear is <laughs> very strong. <laughs> rear end doesn't move and he, uh, yeah, he pulls 10 car lengths probably <laughs> on me just coming out of the corners. But um, Fernando was very, very strong on the brakes and, um, and particularly very, very quick uh, through turn 10 and turn uh, 2 those places he was taking huge chunks out of me. Natalie, I love that. What do you mean Natalie? That's the most formal introduction <laughs> you've ever made to me. When have you ever called me Natalie? I think never. I feel like but I'm being a first told for everything. Yeah. <laughs> very We've good to see you. We've all weekend, haven't well, we? you've been very busy presenting for Sky and it's kind of one of those paddocks here in Montreal, isn't it? Where just there are lots of little nooks and crannies and yeah. I seem to have been hiding but while celebrating what has been an incredible performance by Max Verstappen and Red Bull again, win number six. Although it was a bit closer this time, wasn't well, it? Well, I feel like he was cruising though, don't you, at the end? I think it was never in doubt. Christian says actually it wasn't altogether straightforward. Not like the dominance we saw in Spain, for example. But yeah, there you go. 41st career win, equaling the great Ayrton Senna and a 100th win for Red Bull. I mean, what a moment. What a moment in the history of the team. And what a great stat from Max. You know, he's won 41% of their wins. It's, Unbelievable. It's extraordinary. You know, without him, 
they'd only be on 59 kind of thing. But Fred Ferre from Lakey, we're just celebrating what an amazing performance by Red Bull and Max Verstappen. I totally agree. What is achieving this year and last year is amazing. He's matching Lewis in his best days. He's promised to something even greater. And I love that podium, a multi-world champion podium. 11 world championships yeah. between them. And we've had it once before in Australia. Funnily enough, in the press conference, Lewis said, has there ever been a podium like this with so many multiple world champions? And I didn't want to sort of burst his bubble and say Spain 1993 when you had Prost, Senna and Schumacher. Ever the historian <laughs> of the sport, aren't you, TC? But, but it, it was an amazing race by all three of them. You have the one of uh, Spain, Valencia 2012 with Schumi, Raikkonen and Alonso, I think. You've just bettered me there. Okay, well done, Fred. Good, I, 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 I feel on the back foot now. <laughs> what stat can I come up with? Fred, let's break this race down. Max Verstappen wins from pole position. It was never in doubt in my book. <laughs> no. We have calculated that with uh, my fellow uh, colleague uh, Eric Van Aren. It is 223 laps and 42 days that no one else led a race in Formula 1. As in Max Verstappen has yes, been leading are, all of that time. You have to find the 47 lap of Miami Grand Prix to find another car, which is the other Red Bull and Checo Perez. I do find myself thinking, had Alonso not been beaten away from the line by Lewis Hamilton, and if he'd been right tucked under Max Verstappen's rear wing, whether it would have been different somehow? I think my frustration for Alonso was whether there was this brake duct issue or whether he was fuel saving or whatever it was, because I just want to see out and out racing. And, I, and you could see the sort of tenacity and competition in him. I mean, the fact is, he said, I don't want to you know, lift off in any way because I'm still on for the win. I mean, he actually thought he could beat Max today, but it does go to show that the upgrades are working for Aston Martin. I do think the field is closing up. I think Ferrari made big steps today, Mercedes and Aston Martin. I think this is a really good day for Formula One because yes, it's, it's a hist an historic moment for Red Bull, but equally there's more competition now between the top four than ever, well, this season. I would follow up on what Natalie said about Ferrari because nobody noticed it. Okay, they're only four and five, which is not relevant for Ferrari who wants to win. But they started on 10 and 11th and they did a great strategy on their own, which was clever to avoid the DRS train. And if they start more up on the grid, then you may can see a battle. And I can tell you that here at the Red Bull, they were very anxious on Friday afternoon because of the pace of the Ferrari 100%. on long stints. Yeah, Christian Horner said that Ferrari were the biggest threat to Red Bull. Uh, and you're absolutely right, it was a terrible day in terms of qualifying yesterday. You could hear the frustration in Charles Leclerc's voice. But today was a really strong day. And interestingly, it was massively improved because of strategy and how often have we said oh no Ferrari strategy again and incidentally we did think initially that this was a mistake not coming in under the safety car but actually it proved it's worth they stayed out longer on those mediums they got the mediums working I think they should take a lot of heart from that and I think they should go into Austria hopefully hopefully buoyed by today's performance. And they have another upgrade coming in Austria so they understood the one who they, they put in Barcelona and they have a new one coming, so we can dream of 
at least a podium or why not a victory of Ferrari on Red Bull land? Do you know what? Of course we're not biased, but a strong Ferrari is good for the sport, right? And I would love to see Charles Leclerc in a front-running car. I want to see what this guy's capable of. And he just hasn't had the chance to prove it. Not for a long time, not just this season, but really... One year, last victory is Austria last year. Wow. Fred, he's been on a, an emotional roller coaster this weekend, hasn't he, with what happened in, in qualifying. So much frustration after that. I think you speak to Charles Leclerc almost more than any other journalist in the paddock. How was he after the race? After the race, I haven't seen him, but I saw him this morning. And I think he made a mistake. And maybe Carlos made a mistake because just like Natalie said, they felt that they had the car, maybe not for the win, but at least for the podium. If they had qualified two or three, then I think Max would have had a very bad time. He would have won, I think, but it wouldn't have been that easy. Just like he said, okay, I have Fernando and Lewis to deal with, but Fernando is driving an Aston Martin, they had some issues. Lewis is still learning his Mercedes. If Ferrari is on the top again, then we're going to have a great time. And I think the frustration is, is that it's the age-old criticism of them that their communication let them down because Carlos Sainz should not be being done for impeding another car and therefore taking a three-place penalty as a result. I mean, that to me seems quite an obvious fix. But we've said it time and time again with them. Their communication isn't clear. And that is the reason I think people were doubting the strategy in the race. Not because it was a, a questionable strategy. It was because of Ferrari's got form in this area. And on during qualifying, as you say, Nat, we, we saw him impeding other drivers. And, oh, God, have they really got it right this time? And yes, they did. So it'll be a, a real shot in the arm for that team. And as you say, Fred, more to come. More than communication, I, w I, w I would say that Carlos is struggling because uh, of the pressure he is feeling. He had an accident, he had an impeding in FP3, and then he's, he said, OK, I have a good car, I'm, I, made a, I made a mistake, and I'm, I'm not driving well because I don't see someone. So uh, you, you, can, you could feel yesterday that uh, there is a Tsunoda going, oh, and there is someone coming, oh, that's Pierre, oh, what, what do I do? Uh, just like when you're, uh, do, I do, uh, do I do turn on right or left uh, to exit the, 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 uh, the motorway? That's exactly the same for Carlos. Do you know what? I think both the drivers are emotionally intelligent guys as well. They do feel it when things go wrong. And one of the things that Max is able to do is just compartmentalise. He draws a line under things and moves forward. I think he doesn't overthink things in the way that perhaps Charles and Carlos do. I think that's, you know, I mean, that's the, the way they're made up, isn't it? It's the way they're wired. You don't want to change that in them. But I do think that they feel it more, perhaps, than Max. Or well, maybe that's because Max is just always winning. That is something we touched on on the podcast last week, wasn't it? Is how Max has developed as a driver and evolved as a personality and how he's so much more relaxed now. And finally, just to see the banter between all three of those guys after the race, the podium guys I'm talking about. I think we've touched on it before on the pod, but there is so much respect between those three guys. And after everything that happened in 2021 between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, it's just great to see them getting along do you know what? as they do now. I was thinking exactly that. I was thinking exactly that. And I've got a huge amount of respect for Lewis for being able to, to park that moment, not 
ever blame Max for it. He shook his hand at the time and he's kept that conversation going between them. It would be easy not to, but I, I love seeing them interact because you can see the mutual respect between and, them. And in the cool down room after the race, Lewis went up to Max and said, congratulations on e equaling Ayrton Senna. Yeah. You know, it's, and of course, Ayrton Senna being Lewis Hamilton's hero. Because these records do matter to them. They say they don't, but they do. Like Senna, I mean, he's an icon of our sport. And you're matching Ayrton Senna's record. I mean, that is such a moment in Max's career. And he will career. match him at the end of the year with the third title. Of course, there you go. yes, he will. Now listen, before I jump on my flight, yes. can we talk about Alex Albon? And what a defensive drive from Alexander Elbin, who gets his best finish of the season and just his second point-scoring result. Get in there, P7. Yes, guys. The upgrades, all the hard work at the factory to get this ready. This is for all the hard work. Thank you. We're all big fans of Alex Albon, right? He's probably one of the nicest guys in the paddock. Got a great girlfriend in Lily. They're friends of the podcast, right? Of course. They're regular cameos on F1 Nation. Um, and I've actually been basing myself in Williams for the whole weekend, partly because it's right next to the pen, partly because they do really good food, and partly because <laughs> Jensen is basically on their book. So he's a Williams consultant, whatever you want to call it. So. I was with JB and Danica all weekend and we sat in the warmth, away from the rain, drinking their hot chocolate. So it was lovely. Thank you very much to Williams for that. And I'm just so pleased to see how these upgrades have worked so effectively. And that Alex was able just to really wrestle that car around to seventh, defending fiercely at the end there on those really old tyres. You're thinking, oh no, is he going to be a sitting duck for the cars behind? But he held on to it and he got the fans driver of the day as a result. I mean, a really popular result, wasn't it? Nah, he was brilliant. And he is the tyre whisperer, isn't he? That seems to me how he ekes out all those points finishes in that Williams is by doing a one-stop strategy and keeping cars behind. I think it was a little bit like Monza last year that this track was always going to suit the Williams. I think the upgrades have certainly helped, but a brilliant performance by Alex Albon. And um, I see him growing as a driver now, I, I think. He is the number one guy at Williams now, and I think he's reacting really well to that position. And I think James Vowles has given him a little boost. I think a confidence boost as well. So I think if Albon can now have a car underneath him that he's capable of truly racing with, we're going to see what we thought he was capable of in a Red Bull. It's going to get better and better, that story. Yes, and I spoke to James Vowles and he had learned a few tricks from being at Mercedes during years. I'm sure. And he told me this weekend that uh, when he was in Mercedes and they were dominating, they were already thinking at the beginning of the year at the next year's car. So it, it means that, okay, the Williams is what it is. You know, uh, it works in here, it would work in Monza, and then they will suffer in uh, Hungary, whatever. But then they're already thinking about the next car, which may be built for Alex. To your point, TC, I find it fascinating to see how drivers respond to different environments. And being at Red Bull, it's tough. You know, we're sitting outside of their hospitality at the moment. They are an incredibly dynamic, ruthless at times organization. And I just don't know if Alex Albon's the kind of character that necessarily enjoys stick more than carrot. Whereas he's at Williams, he's grown into the role, he is a team leader there, he feels empowered by that. And as you say, James Vowles brings with him all the expertise that he's like a little sponge. He's absorbed all these leadership tips from Toto Wolff. He's his own person as well, he's a very bright guy, but you feel like James Vowles has grown a foot in height and he's just 
standing tall as uh, team principal. Now you say he's learnt from Toto Wolff. Is it just me, but when I listen to James Fowles on the team radio, I'm hearing Ross Braun. Do you hear Ross Braun? I think he sounds the same, I think. Because uh, he's so cool and yeah. not anxious. Very cool. Both of them are strategists. Ross was a brilliant strategist in his day, as was James Valls at Mercedes. So they're both sort of come at the sport in a similar way. And I think Albon is reacting well to that. But Pinks, we're about to lose you, aren't we? Before you go, and your driver of the day, or can I guess, given the fact that you've just raised Alex Albon? Yeah, 100% Alex today, because I know they've been pushing towards this for some time. When you cast your mind back, to Singapore last year. I'll never forget the fact that that guy strapped himself into the car having just not only had appendicitis and surgery, but then incredibly traumatic complications with that surgery. And yet a couple of weeks later, he's back in the car. He's got incredible mental strength and tenacity. And I'm just so pleased that now, after all the sort of hardship, he's been very patient. Williams, it feels, are on a really positive trajectory. I think they're in great hands with James Vowles. James Matthews is another great leader within the team. They're good people who deserve good results. And I'm pleased to see Alex get that today. Coming, and, and Williams are no longer at the bottom of the Constructors' Championship. Seven points bump them ahead of AlphaTauri. Look, Pinks, have a, have a good flight. Thank you. Speak to it's you good soon. to see you. Yeah. Fred and I are now going to go for a walk. Should we do that? Let's go for a walk down the paddock, see who we can find. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts Helmut Marco, can we just have a very quick word? What a phenomenal day for Red Bull. Your lead driver equals the late great Ayrton Senna with 41 wins and you get your 100th win in Formula One. This team was, was your baby. How do you feel? I can't really believe it. And I was really nervous before this race, you know? I thought, oh, it's a race like every race, but it wasn't. So I'm really relaxed and relieved that we achieved it, but still it's unbelievable. When we bought Jaguar, or we got Jaguar, we didn't really put much money on the table. The boss said, let's try it. And maybe we win a Grand Prix. So I'm so sad that he can't see what we achieved today. What would Didi Mateschitz be saying to you right now if he was still here? I think we didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he was never saying, oh, we are the greatest or fantastic. He was always modest. And, but he enjoyed it and he was really proud what Formula One, what the team achieved. And also, you know, our philosophy to do it differently. We took Christian Horner as the team principal who didn't any experience. And we also decided we don't buy stars. We built or we 
educate our own drivers. So four times world champion with Sebastian was already so, and now it looks like <laughs> it comes a story which will have even more success. Doctor, you're speaking about Sebastian. Among the 100 victory, there is 41 coming from Max, 39 coming from Seb. Is it a one-driver team, Red Bull? Mercedes had how many wins with Verstappen, uh, with uh, Hamilton. So, if you have such yeah, a but a lot with Nico too. They were they were sharing the victory, the two of them, during five years. Only one year, one year where Nico was strong. But I think uh, Max is such a strong driver that at least Checo survived two years already. You have to see it in this way. And if you, I mean, today it was significant podium. I think the three best drivers of this time were on the podium. With three different cars. Yeah, and the two are more than 40, uh, 80 years. <laughs> If you get it again, the other one is 25. So I think Max is something special. You saw it in the rain, what he did. You know, going out, bank, and the other takes two, three laps to get these times. And only, again, Alonso and Hamilton got near him, all the others didn't. Final one from us, Helmut. Do you feel the pack is getting closer? It was only nine seconds back to Alonso today. Yes, it did come closer here, but we didn't perform as we should have. We couldn't bring the tires on temperature, especially the hard tire. We couldn't get the right temperature. And that's, you know, everybody thinks that Red Bull is a fantastic, yes, it's a good car, but Ferrari and, uh, and also Mercedes, they didn't improve from last year. I think they were worse in the beginning of the season. So, and when we are not at our best, they are nearer. That's as easy as that. Very well done. Home race next in Austria. I'm sure you're going to do it again there. Helmut, thank you very much. Safe flight. To go to Austria with 100 wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Helmut, thanks so much for your time. Fred, it is a huge moment for Red Bull, I think. 100 wins. That was about as emotional as you're ever going to get from Helmut Marco. Yeah, you can imagine that he's relieved even going to Austria with the with this win. It's so easy for them to, to be relieved and maybe get the one-on-one -on -one at home. Canada was an incredible weekend for Max and Red Bull, and a very good weekend for Ferrari. Ferrari, fourth and fifth after starting 10th and 11th. Team principal Fred Vasseur will be very pleased with that. Fred, good day for Ferrari today. You must be pleased. Yeah, it was a good one, but we had a good recovery from 10th uh, and 11th. We had a strong start on Friday, that the pace was okay on the long stint and the short stint, and uh, uh, we uh, happened what happened on Saturday. It was not a good quality for us, and uh, we were for sure a bit frustrated after the results. But today the the race was strong with a good strategy, a good uh, drive from the drivers that they didn't push on each other when we had to do good laps in a row, and uh, overall it was a very good race. And. Uh, For sure, you can always say that uh, Montreal is not the... It's uh, always a bit different compared to the other one with much more curbing, uh, the track is green and so. But uh, let's see next week where we will be and... Uh, Have you been surprised by the fact that you were the only one not to pit under uh, safety car? No, because I think it's uh, always depending on your situation and uh, 
and uh, it was the only way for us to do something that uh, the, the drivers told us before the safety car that uh, they had uh, much more pace to come into the pocket and that uh, we said okay then now the only way to do something is to find a free air and we told them opposite to the others to try to gamble something but it was a right call. So it's very encouraging for Austria? Yeah but uh, probably that will have nothing to do the last couple of times in Austria it was uh, 40 degrees uh, air and uh, it's a bit in an altitude and so but overall it's good it's good uh, that we know that we are developing the car in the right direction and it's good for the motivation and the mood onto the team also. Fred, thank you very much for your time. Travel safe back, we'll see you in Austria, where Charles Leclerc won last year. Actually, friend of the podcast, we spoke to him in Baku as well. Jean Alessi's with us now. Jean, with your Ferrari hat on, I'd say that was a great comeback by the team today. Yeah, today uh, it was, uh, I have to say, a bit unexpected, but uh, uh, so far, I mean, uh, Fourth and fifth is a very good result for, for the team. And you, you won there on that special track. How much would you have liked to see Charles performing better y yesterday because he missed everything on yesterday quality? Uh, you know, Montreal is uh, a part of uh, the Ferrari uh, history uh, with uh, all the Gilles Villeneuve uh, and uh, the, the name of the circuit. Uh, everybody here is really Ferrari fan, I have to say. So for sure, when you drive for Ferrari and you are able to, to bring the good results, you really feel it. How good are the parties after the race, Sean? Because you won here in 1995. Can you remember the celebrations? I remember very, very well because I went to uh, the restaurant I was for the whole week, an Italian restaurant. When I came in, the whole uh, um, people inside the uh, uh, make a few uh, a very good uh, applause to me and um, it was a good memory. So Max Verstappen's enjoying that tonight, Jean. Thank you so much. Lovely to see you again. Great. Ferrari fourth and fifth. If that's going to do anything, it's going to relieve the pressure in Maranello. I, uh, you never relieve the pressure in Maranello. But, uh, but I think this will help. I think it's really peaked in recent weeks. More than helping, it, it proves that they go, just like Mercedes, they go on the right direction. Now they have to uh, increase their uh, performance on the car, but they are not wrong just like they were before. That's the good, the good point. They are on their way. I think Lewis uh, told us on Thursday, we, we found the North Pole. And the North Star, A North says. Star, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the same thing. I think you can compare the two teams. They needed a direction and now they got it. For Ferrari, they were quick on Saturday, they were bad on Sunday. This weekend they were nowhere on Saturday because of mistakes, but they were good on Sunday. So if they can come back on Saturday at a good place on the grid, then we can have something good. Where is Charles Leclerc in his head? I think he is as frustrated as Lewis or Fernando have been, but he's younger than them, he doesn't have the experience and he doesn't have the title in his pocket. So he's more frustrated and, and I would say maybe Max at one time, we have forgotten that Max was doing a lot of mistakes during the, uh, a year of racing. Not you, recently though. No, no, <laughs> no. Now, Fred, let's talk a little bit more about the performance that Aston Martin have put in this weekend. 
They came here with a host of upgraded parts. And of course, we've had really bad weather. Let's not forget, you know, this has not been Montreal at its absolute finest. We, Saturday was washed out. So they haven't had much opportunity to, to assess these new parts. Yet Alonso bangs it in. He starts the race, Peter. As always. As, as always. And, and, you know, let's not forget that Lance Stroll started the race. Well, he, he qualified 13th. And so... Yeah, but nobody can compare to Alonso. Sure, but, but in terms of the feedback that they're getting about these new parts, they are relying on Fernando still. Just what do you make of where Aston Martin are? Do you feel they've consolidated their second place? Do you feel they're closer yes. to I, I Red think Bull now? Yes, I, I think they're not trying to get closer to Red Bull. I think they're... You, you have to remember that uh, we are at Aston Martin Garage and there is only the Ash team behind them. There is, and Williams, so there is only two teams behind them and we are quite far away from Red Bull. It, it cost us uh, five minutes to walk from one place to another. And next year, they, they may be the next tenth to uh, the, the champion. So we have to remember they're coming from nowhere. It was Force India, it was a small team uh, by, by Vijay Malia in 2007. So they have to uh, learn how to, to be a big team. And they're learning. And, and they sure. are a big team, Fred. Let's not forget that, yeah. that two weeks ago they moved into their new factory back at Silverstone, which is the benchmark now in the, all of Formula One. It's the most extraordinary place I've ever been. So they've really got everything they need now. But in terms of dealing with the here and now, you think that the Aston Martin is the second fastest car how far ahead of Mercedes? Not that far, because uh, the, uh, Mercedes had the best pie uh, of the grid uh, today with Lewis, uh, seeing what went wrong uh, with his car and seeing what went right on the Aston of uh, Fernando. So uh, he, know, he knows where to make them work. Because Fernando is just like Lewis. They are not only drivers, they are team principal, uh, engineers, they know everything, they are strategists. Uh, that's why they are so good drivers and they are multiple world champion. Yeah. You know, he was carrying an issue in the race today. Um, although, he, of course, because he hadn't gone, had time to go to the debrief, so he wasn't able to tell us exactly what it is. But he was nine seconds behind Verstappen with that issue. I think it's fair to make the assumption that he could have been even closer. I think he can be very satisfied with the job he's done. Fernando Alonso was very frustrated after the last race in Barcelona. He said, I'm not going to, I'm going to be on the podium at every race, I think he said after that. And he's true to his word. Yeah, because he's, in French, we say, mort de faim. He's hungry like a young, a young driver, just like Oscar Piastri. You can see that Oscar wanted a point, but he wanted it so badly. He missed it by a, a glinch. Fernando wants that victory, that He's away from him since 10 years. And I think he won't leave Formula One without a victory, for sure. And Red Bull can't, surely can't be perfect every weekend. They have to slip up at some point. Even if they are perfect, you have to remember that in 88, for the, the perfect year of McLaren, Senna was leading, I think, by one lap everyone. And because of a French driver <laughs> who made a mistake, <laughs> he crashed. So yeah. Yeah. You, it can happen with uh, someone not seeing him, Lavieming, and then Max is put, put aside and the victory comes for another guy. Yeah. Lewis, 
Fernando or Charles, whatever. But, but I think it's so interesting that, that Hamilton was on that podium as well, because I feel that he has that same hunger that Fernando Alonso Exactly has. the same. You Especially know, he's because he's Fernando's so fr 41, they could be 21 and 18, yeah. couldn't they? I totally agree. It's the same. Especially now, I think last year, he, uh, he didn't have the car, a part of Brazil, where he, he felt that uh, it was a good one. And then he fought like hell to uh, overtake George, trying everything he could, but team is the team. Yeah. Lance Stroll, P9, home Grand Prix. I felt there was a gulf between him and his Aston Martin teammate, Fernando Alonso, this weekend. But there is a gulf since the beginning of the year. Um, at the end of last year, we could see that Vettel was improving. I think maybe the Aston is not that easy to drive that we think, just like the Red Bull. But when you are Max Verstappen, it looks like a driving a truck and going to uh, on holidays. And maybe it's the same for the Aston Martin. When you have to fight Fernando Alonso, there is not so many drivers who could match him. Well, Lawrence Stroll, team boss, said as we came into the weekend, I want both of my cars on the podium in my home Grand Prix. He got one of them, but uh, it's going to be a while before he gets both, I think. Yeah, I think so. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, George Russell has hit the barrier. There's front wing further back down the racetrack. And Russell, in this gaggle of the top four, has made contact with the wall on the exit of nine. We're joined now by the engineering chief here at the track at Mercedes, Andrew Shovlin. Shov, how do you sum up today? Is it mixed feelings, one in the wall, one on the podium? Um, I mean, it would be nice to have had both cars in it um, to the end because I think with two cars against Fernando, he was a bit quicker. Um, but with George there, we could have maybe done something on the strategy dragging him in. But, the, you know, the main thing is we've been encouraged... Uh, by the pace of the car here. There's a lot of reasons that we were thinking this would be a difficult circuit. Um, the gaps are not too frightening at this track and we're hoping that at the, the four circuits coming up we'll, we'll have a car that's working a lot better. Were there points in the race today when you actually thought, we can beat Alonso here? No, I, th I think when you're on the same tyre on the first stint and he overtakes you, it says that he's got, got a bit more pace than we did. So it was always going to be difficult there. I think we made a good choice keeping the second medium. So that, you know, that gave Lewis good pace at the start of um, that final stint. Um, but ultimately, they had a bit of speed on us. So, uh, so it, was, it was going to be difficult. Are you confident? Are you uh, going to Austria? In the old days, it was not a track that suits so much the Mercedes no, car. I, I think we, to be honest, I think that's one of the circuits that we seem a bit better at with these these new regulations. We always struggled a bit with the warp corners, but more that you know, if we look at what we've done in terms of updating the car, we'll gain more at the sort of faster corners, and there's, there's a bit of that in Austria. Sprint races are always difficult. You've got very little time to get the car dialed in, so 
if you don't land with the right setup, it's a bit of a, a tricky situation. Um, but the other thing is we've got two drivers who are, you know, seem to be delivering week in, week out in qualifying, which compared to the teams that were racing, uh, they've not been so consistent at getting them both to perform. What is a warped corner? Uh, just one where the uh, the track's not flat all the way through. So what it does is it, um, as the track sort of surface is twisting, it makes the car behave like it's a table with one short leg. <laughs> okay, look, thank you for explaining that. Shove, well done today. Congratulations, and we'll see you in Austria at the sprint race. How encouraged were you, Fred, by the pace of Mercedes here? Yes, we, they were they were brilliant in Barcelona. And for them, as, as Shove was saying, to be, to be able to continue that here this weekend yeah, bodes I, well for the future. Yeah, as, as we spoke earlier with Natalie, uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know the English name, the rebirth of uh, the two old big teams, which are uh, Ferrari and Mercedes. And I hope they, they will still continue to grow and come back uh, on the top because we need them. The sport kind of needs them, don't they? We, yeah. we need, and actually I think Max Verstappen wants them as well. He, oh, wants, of course. he wants that battle now, I think. In his mind, I mean, I think he's, he thinks the championship's in the bag. It's the biggest gap to Peter that there's, there's, <laughs> a, there's been in history. But so he, he now wants to play. He wants to have fun. I would imagine everything in Milton Keynes at Red Bull HQ is focused towards next year's car. And now he just wants to, to go racing and have fun. But let's walk down the paddock with our in-house Australian, Valtteri Bottas. Great day at the office for you today. Your first points finish since Bahrain. Good day. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Um, actually, really pleased as um, yeah, it's been a while of uh, a run without points, so it's always a um, nice feeling. And I think we had a decent race today from where we started. Um, did everything right, I think, in terms of the strategy. And actually, at times, the pace was pretty encouraging. So I think overall, good day. Tell us about the run to the line, because I had it in my lap chart that you were going to finish ninth, and then I had to correct it at the last minute. Yeah, I think uh, Lance got me by like three hundredths of a yeah. second. So it's okay because I got him in Baku a few years back. So oh, you now, did, you now did. He got me back, so now, now we're even. But yeah, I basically ran out of battery before the finish line because I had to defend him on the back straight. So yeah. And VB, tell us about this car. It's been a difficult start to the season compared to last year. Do you feel that you've found a way forward with it? Do you think you've got a car that you can really start to, to make a bit of progress with in the, as we head into the second half? I think the last two events have been definitely more positive on, on Sundays. Like um, Joe uh, got points in Barcelona with, with decent pace. And now um, it felt similar here that we could really fight within, within top 10. So I think I see it as that we see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, now we just need, need to find a bit more. Great stuff, but many congratulations from all of us. Fred, I don't think they're, I don't think they're screaming for you and me. <laughs> yes, for you. Uh, tell you what, the fans here are extraordinary. They, they really, really love Formula One, don't they? And for years. It was really good to see Valtteri have a clean race. And actually, he should have finished P9. He was so close yeah. to finishing P9. And, and But at uh, least he got the point, and that's the, uh, the idea. And I think... Even if it's old, in, just like every driver, you need the confidence. And then when you are an Alfa Romeo driver, yeah, the points means that, okay, you are back in the game. We bump from Valtteri Bottas to Yuki Tsunoda. Look, Yuki, slightly frustrating weekend for you. How do you sum it up? 
Um, yeah, it's, the, it's not the race week I wanted, and um, I would say probably only the, only this weekend so far in this season that I didn't able to perform, you know, like within the around top ten. So uh, it's a bit shame, but at the same time, I think we still we I don't know what I have to do and extract the performance from the car, and I'm pretty happy with the performance what I did in the race. So yeah, but just have to put it all together in the future. What about the pace of the car here? It looked a little bit disappointing from the outside. Do you think it's track specific or have you actually got work to do? Definitely the qualifying pace, especially we have to work on. Um, I would say the qualifying, what condition we had, the bit of a you know, dump truck. Um, we expect it will be good qualifying because the FP3 in you know, the fully rain was really good. Um, we're comfortably in the top six, top, top eight. So. Uh, yeah, just uh, the it was qualifying was not the things that we expected actually, and uh, we we struggle a lot. And um, and the race, you know, obviously even we had a race pace okay, you know, the pace that we have enough to be in the top ten, or you know, we deserve to be in the top ten, around top ten. You know, we starting from P18, P19, so it's not the ideal place. And obviously, everyone's in the DRS train, you know, like at the same time. It's quite difficult to overtake, so it uh, didn't work in the end, our favor. And uh, also strategy, I uh, actually had a bit of bad luck and in the end as well. So yeah, just uh, lots of things we can learn from this week. Going to Austria with the spring race, uh, are you excited by the, the coming of the spring race? Because then it can match the things up with the quality uh, pace that you are suffering. Yeah, uh, obviously Austria is, you know, mm, I it's hard, but at the same time, it's like gonna be a. We need a good qualifier, and uh, because we having spring qualifying, uh, top eight will counts, and you have to be around top P9 at least in the spring qualifying uh, to score points. And uh, in the race, obviously, I think I expect it's gonna be a little bit difficult to take there as well. So, yeah, I, I won't expect uh, like too high. We need a definitely good car there, and yeah, I don't know our car will suit well there to be honest, but. Still, we had bits of the um, updates we have, so why not? You know, we, we, we never know how that's going to happen in the race, especially in Formula 1. That's the great thing. We never know. Look, Yuki, thank you so much for your time. Bad luck this weekend. Good luck in Austria. I'm a massive fan of Yuki Tsunoda, Fred. I think he is evolving into a brilliant racing driver. And, I, and a character. And a character. But I also think, I feel that there's more purpose to Yuki this year. It's like he's reset over the winter. He lose, he lose his friend Pierre, which was the benchmark uh, well, unless, of the team. Unless so. Pierre, Pierre Gasly, we're talking about, was a distraction. I just, I sort of feel that Yuki has grown as a professional sportsman this year. It's like he set himself some goals. He's no longer just happy to be in Formula One. He now wants to achieve something in Formula One, and I and I think he's grown as a as a person and as a racing driver. Uh, you 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 know his uh, team principal Franz Tost and Francois was very close to Pierre, and he always needs uh, a personal benchmark in his team. So he used Pierre as the technical debrief driver. So he has to uh, to ask Yuki. So Yuki can't be distracted anymore. He has the pressure of Hansthurst. And when you have Hansthurst on your back, you can imagine that you don't have so much time to do, do you know something else. 
we're bumping into all sorts of people. We've, we've arrived at a good time, Fred, but Oscar Piastri's with us. Having started where you did inside the top 10, I'm sensing a little bit of frustration from everyone at McLaren. Uh, a bit, yeah. I think, um, you know, we knew staying in the top 10 was going to be tricky simply because of the three quicker cars behind us in the Ferraris and, and Perez and the Red Bull. Um, so from where I was, that automatically puts me in 11th. Obviously got past Hulkenberg, um, got past Lando at the start as well. So my first stint was good. Um, and then yeah, Lando got back past again at the start of the second stint. And then I think we struggled a little bit on the hards in general. And yeah, just didn't have enough pace uh, advantage over over the guys ahead of us. I think we were a little bit quicker than the cars around us or, or similar, just not quite enough to make further gains. Have you thought to uh, split the strategy between Lando and you when you all pitted a part of the Ferrari and Perez to avoid the DRS train? Uh, under the safety car yeah. or yeah, so the under the one. safety car? I mean, it was we, it was close between a one-stop and a two-stop. Obviously, Albon made the one-stop work. I think uh, he was probably the only car on the grid that could have made that work properly with their straight-line speed. Um, but we never really thought about it. Um, you know, obviously on the medium, uh, we we had to put on a different tire at some point, which was going to be the hard and made sense to have that pit stop. Especially not knowing if it would be a one-stop or two-stop race, it made sense to go then. I don't think we really got held in the DRS train too much after that first stop. It was when we made the second stop and Albon didn't was, was when we got stuck. But I don't think we could have made that strategy work either way. We were struggling quite a bit at the end of the, the first hard stint. So, um, yeah, I think as a team we did what was best for us. It unfortunately, just wasn't enough to get into the points. Have you enjoyed your first experience here in Montreal? Yeah, overall it's been good. The weather's been very average, but... Uh, it's but but as a racetrack, is this a, is this a fun, challenging racetrack? Yeah, it is. It's it's very cool. Um, very bumpy, I'll, I'll give it that. It's, it's old school, it's got character. You know, the curbs here are different to anywhere else. You can use them in, in different ways to, to help the car. There's some bumps, which okay, we'd probably rather get rid of, but it's different to anywhere else. And just the layout is is cool. You know, you've got the walls that are very close, as I found out yesterday. That you know, add that risk factor as well. It's just a, a cool, just a cool circuit. And I guess we're all waiting for the upgrade in Austria now. Correct. Yes. So am I. <laughs> Good luck with that, Oscar. Thank you so much for your time. Travel safe. Lando Norris is going to try around the outside of Esteban Ocon. Ocon somehow manages to defend and the crowd absolutely loving this on the final lap of the race. There goes Lando Norris, moving out now, giving it absolutely everything he can on the last lap of the race. He and Esteban Ocon go into the final chicane. Oh, Norris has to bail out. There was no room for him. Perez crosses the line in sixth. Alex Albon in seventh. And behind him comes Esteban Ocon. The last team in the top 10 uh, that we haven't touched on is Alpine. Esteban Ocon coming home in eighth place. I tell you what, for my money, I did think he was going to pass Alex Me Albon. <laughs> you know, he had tyres that were 24 laps younger. Yeah, but uh, the Williams with Albon in it, it's impossible to... Uh... It's a bullet in a straight line, isn't it? What is the mood at Alpine after this weekend? Because it was a scrappy qualifying, not for anyone's fault, but Pierre Gasly was bought by Carlos Sainz. And then they come home with that eighth place. 
maybe there is some few uh, glitches in the communication on Pierre's side. He's still a, new, a newcomer on the team. And I think his engineer doesn't understand the way he works in his head. And he was not aware that he had two laps after being thrown out uh, because of the impeding of, of Saints. So he missed, I think, even the second time he missed the quali to pass in Q2. So that's that kind of thing. In Monaco, he could have been P3 on the podium if they have listened to them. Hopefully for the team, the other P3 was Esteban. So one replaced the others, but he has been very frustrated these last days by that. If there's one area where I felt Esteban needed to improve from a few years ago, I thought he was a little bit inconsistent. And now he's banging it in every weekend, which is exactly what that team needed post Fernando Alonso. And you have to remember that the poor driver has been sacked a few times. It's not very easy to build a confidence when a team who says, OK, we sign you, but next year you are out. OK, you come to another team. We sign you. Oh, next year we are sacked. OK, so now he feels at home. And even if there is another French coming, he doesn't mind. He's delivering and he loves what he do and he loves to fight. So it's perfect. Carlos Sainz said coming into this weekend that he thought Alpine could challenge for second fastest car this season. Do yeah. you agree? Yeah, I, yes, I agree. They, they've been working for, on that and I think they will succeed in that. So the top 10 looked like this. Max Verstappen took win number 41 with Fernando Alonso, true to his promise after Barcelona, coming home in second. And Lewis Hamilton rounding out the podium, taking his third podium of 2023. Then came the Ferraris, Charles Leclerc fourth and Carlos Sainz fifth, with the second Red Bull of Sergio Perez in sixth. In seventh, the Williams of Alex Albon, also the driver of the day. In eighth, Esteban Ocon in the lead Alpine. Ninth, Lance Stroll in the second of the Aston Martins. And in tenth, Valtteri Bottas for Alfa Romeo. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen extended his lead yet again. He's now 69 points ahead of his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez. Fernando Alonso is third, nine points further back from Perez, with Lewis Hamilton fourth, just 15 behind Alonso. Carlos Sainz is fifth on 68, with George Russell sixth on 65. Then comes Leclerc with Stroll, Ocon and Gasly rounding out the top 10. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull Racing have a commanding lead with 321 points. That's 154 points ahead of Mercedes in second place. But it's close between second and third. Mercedes just 13 points ahead of Aston Martin. Ferrari are fourth on 122 points with Alpine fifth, McLaren sixth, Alfa Romeo seventh, Haas eighth and Williams are no longer the holders of the wooden spoon. They are ninth with seven points and Alpha Tauri are now 10th with two. Fred, thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant to talk through the Grand Prix with you. Uh, I will see you in Austria. Now, what's going on in the world of Keep between now and then? Nothing more because everything is down now. The rugby championship is over with the victory of Toulouse yesterday. And then we're going to go on Tour de France, which is the main topic in France during July. Of course it is. One day, one day I'd love to come and uh, report on that. Look, Fred, great to see you. Thank you so much.
Let's check in with our fantasy team now, F1 Nation Racing. Ahead of Canada, we start with Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso as our lead drivers, with Mercedes and Aston Martin as our constructors. However, our changes didn't quite pay off. We brought in Esteban Ocon in place of Charles Leclerc and Joe Guanyu for Oscar Piastri, and then we stuck with Yuki Tsunoda. It looks like we need to assess our strategy going forward. But F1 Fantasy is fun and it's totally free and you can join in at any time. Our league is the F1 Nation World Championship. Search for that, enter your team and play against us and other listeners. Well, that's it for F1 Nation this week. Thank you very much for listening. You won't want to miss this week's F1 Beyond the Grid because I've been chatting to the legend that is Giancarlo Fisichella. That'll be available from Wednesday. And the latest episode of Formula Y is out now as well, and it's all about pit stops. Just search for Beyond the Grid and Formula Y in your podcast app. F1 Nation will be back next Monday with our preview to the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix, the second sprint weekend of the season. Thanks again to Nat and to Fred. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by F1 and Audioboom Studios.